This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. All right, we are continuing with our study on the moving of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Acts chapter 5 this morning. We have since started studying this, we have found the Holy Spirit in several different ways that we saw it revealed in the Bible. Hebrew was revealed in several different ways in the Bible, and that was as the wind, and then as the strength upon mighty Samson. We saw him as the spirit of a dove ascending down upon Jesus, form of a dove. We saw him as the great comforter in our lives. And uh, then we uh, studied the Holy Spirit as the wind, the fire, and the tongues. That was in Acts chapter 2. So it's been, I think, a very interesting study to see the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is very important in our lives today. When you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes in. And it wants to begin doing a work in your life, helping you, leading you, guiding you, strengthening you, giving you all these things. And so we have seen, we've seen what the Holy Spirit can do. We continue to move in that avenue of the moving of the Spirit, not only in your life, but when He moves in someone else's life, what can happen in those areas? But more importantly today, I want you to realize there's something that a lot of people don't think about, and that is we can lie to the Holy Spirit. We can lie to the Holy Spirit, and that's what we find out in our passage today. So let's read through the passage, and then we'll go back and uh, look at the things that we, important things I think that we find in here today. Acts chapter 5, verse number 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being private to it. That means she joined in, she agreed to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, and I want you to pay attention to these next two verses especially, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remaineth, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine power? Why hast thou conceived this, notice that, in thine, this thing, in thine heart, Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. And Peter said unto her, How is it that ye agreed together, to notice this, to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? 
Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost, and the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. So some interesting words about lying to God and to the Holy Ghost and the results of it. So today I want to look at that and I want us to see a picture here of what has taken place. And it was a picture of deception, but not just deception, but we find that it was discovered and how was it discovered? And it was a price paid or deceiving people around them, the disciples, the apostles, the church, and most of all, trying to deceive God and the Holy Ghost. So I want you to, I want to, to think about that as we look at the lesson today. Ananias and Sapphira, they had schemed, they had decided, they had come up with it, this idea of what they were going to do in misleading the apostles. But I think some of the things you may not realize that are happening here, and on the outward, you're thinking, okay, sell some land, give some money, what's the problem? But the problem is here is that they were actually had another motive for bringing this money to the apostles, and they're misleading, they are being deceptive. So they sold some land. But they only brought a portion of the proceeds and laid at the apostles' feet. What did they intend to do with the rest? To keep it. Well, you say, well, what's the problem? If I sell some land for so much amount of money, then I'm hoping to make a little bit of money off of it. It was my land, and I'm giving some to the church, so there you go. I mean, what, this is no big deal here. It's nothing wrong. And when you look at it on that particular way, no, it was nothing wrong there. There's nothing wrong if the Lord blesses you with something and financially and you're able to, and you say, well, I want to tithe on that. I want to give some of that to the church. I want to, I'm going to thank the Lord that I have some extra money now to meet some of the needs I have. All that's great. All that's fine. But we got to remember as children of God, with the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, how many of us know that He leads us and guides us into what we ought to do in things of our life? Maybe the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, I blessed you with being able to sell that or get that, and now I want you to bless someone else or bless the church. Well, if you know that the Spirit's leading you to do that, then you should follow through with that. You say, well, what about my needs? <laughs> what did God say? I will supply all your needs. So if we are faithful, if we are doing the right thing. So they intended to keep the rest. Why did they do it? Why was the land sold in the first place? Was it because they just needed to sell that land? They just needed that money? No. You have to look at the scripture and you have to figure out what's going on here. It was because this was something that was going on in the church. We go all the way back to Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came upon these men 
And you remember, after that, they went out and they began to witness and they had boldness and they preached and many were saved and baptized and the Lord added to the church daily. But also remember, the church was in one accord. So what were they doing in one accord? They said, you know what? If we've got something we can give to the church, we're going to give it to the church because there are people that are in need in the church. So the disciples were there to take in the things that people gave, and then they would distribute them to people that were in need. So all of this is going on. And Ananias and Sapphira are standing back, and they're looking at, hey, man, look at these people giving to the church here. Look at all that they are doing, and man, I want to, I want to do something like that. But what was the motive behind it? So let's let's look. Go, we'll flip back to chapter four for just a minute and talk about Barnabas here and what he did. Chapter four and verse thirty-four. <clears throat> They'll put that up on the screen. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses, look what they did, they sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. So it was happening. And laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. <clears throat> and Joseph, who's a who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus. Having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So Ananias and Sapphira saw all these people doing that. And you can imagine, the other people saw it. They saw them bringing things and laying at the apostles' feet. They were praising the Lord for it. They were rejoicing over it. But how many were like Ananias and Sapphira thinking, well, man, I want to be, I want to be highly favored like some of these people here. I, I, I want, I want the apostles to pat me on the back and tell people what I've done too. So, hey, I'm going to do it too. Barnabas was a, was well known for his generosity of monetary gift to the early church. <clears throat> this was one of the characteristics of the early church. It was a praying church. It was a giving church. It was not selfish in any way. Each member of it was interested in the welfare of other members. Don't you think we should always be that way? We should always be open to the welfare and the need of others in our church. Maybe you hear about a prayer request. You hear about a great need. You hear that this one has fell on hard times. You hear that this one is down and out. And the best thing that we can do is listen to the Holy Spirit when it says, hey, you know what? You can help them. Why don't you give of your talent to do something for them, your time, your money, whatever it is, that can help that person out. And when the Holy Spirit leads us in that direction and speaks to our hearts, we should follow through. And the, the problem is a lot of us are doing like Ananias and Safari, and we purpose in our heart, hey, that's my money, that's my time, that's my talent, and I really don't have time to get involved with them. In fact, we're lying to the Holy Ghost right, right then if he impressed us to do it. So here they are, and they, they're going to sell this land 
but they're going to do something that's already got started in their heart. The expression of one's heart, one's soul, can be seen in these two and what's going on. Back here in the early church, richer members of the church made provisions for those that were poor. No one was in want. No one was in hunger. Those who had houses, land, sold them in order to see others benefit off of that. And here the money was brought, laid at the apostles' feet. Distribution was made to everyone who had a need. I don't know about you, but I always look at life like this. I may be just fine today, but tomorrow I may be in great need. And I know in the times past, there have been times that my family, me, myself personally, my wife, and we've gone through things that we did have no idea how we were going to meet the end, what we were going to do, what was going to happen. And to have someone discern that and realize, hey, this person is in need, and I've seen this church step up and help me personally, help my wife personally, whether it was prayers or financially or whatever it was, but I don't know what I would do without that need that was supplied. And I praise God for it. I'll never forget it. And I thank the Lord for people that do that every day. And you know what? You may be the one that's in need tomorrow. And won't you be thankful when someone steps up and says, this is what the Lord wants me to do. I've had it happen so many times I probably couldn't even tell you. And I praise God for what he's doing and, and being able to help others as well. But Barnabas had no doubt brought an impressive sum and laid it at the apostles' feet. And that act of commitment, that act of devotion, without a doubt, was exciting to the young church. I'm, I'm sure every time someone sold something and brought apostles' feet, they were probably clapping, they were rejoicing, they were, this is great. God's moving in our church. And I think Ananias and Safari witnessed this over and over again. And they became jealous over it. That's the thing today, folks. There's no reason to be jealous over God's blessing. God wants to bless everyone. And if he's blessing this one over here, let's praise the Lord for it and thank the Lord for it and just keep on serving the Lord. And if you need a blessing, he'll make sure you get that blessing. But this couple sought out for the moment that they could... Yeah, they were honored members of the church. They were good people. God had been good to Ananias and Sapphira. They were important people. In fact, the name Ananias literally means one to whom Jehovah has been gracious. Wow. Obviously, God had blessed them. Ananias was a man who had done good things. God had blessed him. And he should never have forgotten that. But when it came to this act of selling that land and laying that money at the apostles' feet, he forgot that. He forgot several things that we need to remember today. Because let me tell you, God is not impressed with what we have. He's not impressed with how good we are. He's not impressed with even what others think about us. But he's impressed with what we think of him and how much interest we have in him. And the more respect we receive from others, I think God expects more of us. 
it's not about good job, Brother David. It's not about that at all. It's about what else can I do for the Lord. And if it helps someone else, it blesses someone else, it encourages someone else, it makes some draws someone else closer to God, praise the Lord. That's what he wanted me to do. The interesting thing about this occasion is that even though they set out to deceive the church, they wound up deceiving themselves. So we're told in verse 1 that they sold the property on their own initiative. You know, no one said, Ananias, Sapphira, y'all need to go right there. Y'all need to sell that property you got. You, you need to get your money together here and, and so you can give it to the church. No one, no one's recorded there that said they needed to do that. They, they could have kept that property. But that wasn't the thing here. When the couple sold the private property, they purposely did not give all the proceeds for the sale to the fellowship, and that's not what they did wrong. It's nothing wrong with them selling it. It's nothing wrong with them giving some money to the church, as I said at the beginning, and, and wanting to keep some for themselves. There's nothing wrong with that on the outside. But that's not what they did wrong. They didn't have to give it all away. They could have come and said, I'm going to tithe on the portion that the Lord has blessed us with. They could have even given more than the tithe. It, it, didn't, it was no certain amount that they had to come lay at the apostles' feet. But here's the problem. They begin to conspire together to deceive the church. And in the process, they lied to God and they lied to the Holy Ghost. And we never think about that. I didn't really when I began to study this lesson. How often have I lied to the Holy Ghost? He, he impressed upon me to do something. And I said, another time, another convenient way, I'll do it my way first and then we'll try your way. It's just so many things that we need to be aware of. But verse number two says they kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So they agreed. They agreed together. That's a shame. I wish one of them would say, oh, wait a minute now. This, that's not right. Let's, let's not do that. I mean, I know you want to do that, but I, I don't think we should do that. I mean... The Lord's blessed us in the past, and we, we just need to do what's right. But as members of the early Jerusalem church, and they were devoted to Jesus, no doubt, they had joined themselves with the apostles. Sapphira and Ananias, uh, Ananias apparently were popular with other believers. And on this occasion, they came with confidence. They came with a great show of pity and devotion, and they laid a certain part of the money at the apostles' feet as if it were all they had. I guarantee you they gave that idea that this is it. This is everything the Lord's blessed us with right here. And we're laying it at your feet. So they lied by saying they had given the full amount. They lied because they loved the money and they couldn't trust it to the apostles to distribute it the way it needed to be. They couldn't take God's word 
at what it was that they would be provided for, and they thought they would be wiser than others by just laying up some for a rainy day. And that is the thing we have to watch. We have to remember, as Christians, we need to take God at his word. You have a need? What did God say? I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. We take that at his word, and we still do what we're required to do as the Spirit leads us to do that. So in this way, what were Ananias and Sapphira really doing? They were trying to serve God and mammon, God in money. God, by bringing some to the apostles, laying at their feet, and mammon by keeping the rest to their own pockets. So Ananias and Sapphira may have given, they may have given more than Barnabas gave. That's not the point either. You see, that's the way we think sometimes. That's the way the devil makes us think sometimes. Oh, you're giving, you're giving up more than anyone else is giving in the church. Don't worry about a, ta- a tenth of your, don't worry about the tithe. You're giving much more than you need to give. Just, just, just do what you, you know, let's do what's required of us. How we've been blessed of God. They lie both to the Holy Spirit and to the church leaders and they lack that self-control. What makes us do things that are wrong like that sometimes? You see, the key to gaining self-control is yielding ourselves to the control of the Holy Spirit. As I walk out of a of my home a day, am I letting the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me? That's one of the main things that He does. Am I letting Him do that all along the way? Already our mind starts working. We start thinking about things of the day. How we're going to make ends meet. What we're going to do with this. What we're going to do with that. And did we start off the day by saying, Holy Spirit, you lead me on what I need to do today. You help me with that. I'm listening to you. It's a shame. Did you know Sapphira, whose name means beautiful. That's where we, we remember the, the precious stone, sapphire. It's a beautiful stone. She was the first woman singled out for prominence in the book of Acts, but Sapphira failed God. And look, you know what? Throughout the ages, her name has been linked with not beauty, but with deception. She deceived God. Ananias and Sapphira will pay a terrible price for their deception. What if God, let me, let me tell you this, Think about this statement. What if God operated like that today and every church-going, professing Christian lied to the Holy Ghost and to God and didn't do what we were supposed to do and God took care of business the way he did with Ananias and Sapphira, what would it be like today? (laughs) There'd be a lot of empty pews in our churches. We live under the day of grace, thank God. And he's not doing those things like that today. But we will pay a price if we continue to deceive God and the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 3 and 4. We're talking about Peter here, and let's look at how the Holy Ghost is working with Peter. But Peter said... 
Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price? I can imagine he took a step back when Peter said that. Where'd you get that from, Peter? Where in the world did you come up? I, I didn't say anything to you about how much we sold the land for. In fact, I didn't give you no details about anything. And now here Peter's saying, Satan have filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price. Verse 4, Whiles it remained, and was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart that thou hast lied, not lied unto men, but unto God? Peter was listening to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit within him. And he was making an examination of that gift that was given. The Holy Spirit most likely gave him a special discernment under those circumstances. Peter didn't have no details about it. No one came to him and told him about it. But when they stood before, when he stood before, Ananias stood before him, Peter, and he could have, Peter couldn't, Peter have said, bless you, brother. Thank you for what you've given you. And sent him on his way, just like he did many others. He could have done that. But the Holy Spirit stopped him. And wait, wait a minute, Peter, before you say anything else. You need to get this straight. Something's going on here. So when Ananias brought the money, he expected to be commended as others were patted on the back, maybe. But the Holy Spirit spoke to him about it. There's no witnesses to the crime. However, the Spirit of God and Peter discovered the facts. Probably no one in the church, no one would have ever known except this man, his wife, and God. And that's what we got to remember. God knows everything about us. He knows everything, every decision we make, whether it's good or bad. If the sin had been caused by some great temptation, I believe Peter would have took him aside and said, you know what, Brother Ananias, why don't you do this? Why don't you go home, get the rest of the money, repent for what you've done, bring it back here, let's get your heart right, let's get everything straight, and, and we'll go on from there. He could have done that, but that's not the way the Holy Spirit worked with him in this circumstance. He showed Ananias there was so, there was a reason why this whole thing took place, and it was because Satan had filled thine heart. Fill thy heart. Do you think Satan still wants to do that today? He still wants to influence us today? <laughs> Most certainly. He wants to always lead us down the wrong way, help us make the wrong decision, do something that's contrary to God's word. And that's when You've got Satan whispering one thing, but you've got the Holy Spirit saying something else, and we need to listen to the right thing. The sin itself was that Satan has suggested it, Satan had assisted him, and he lied to the Holy Spirit. It, it wasn't so much that he lied to Peter and the apostles. That, that, that wasn't so much that. Yes, that was wrong. But the big picture here was it involved God and involved the Holy Spirit and he was working through Peter and they, Peter was 
just being an instrument to say, hey, we, we're going to take care of this business here right now. And that's important that Peter did that. Because Peter would have to later on preach and teach. And if he let this thing go, then something else would have been affected in the ministry and something else and something else. There, there are similar stories. I'm trying to get through this lesson today. I'd like to finish it, but you remember, I read it on Wednesday night in Joshua just recently, chapter 7. You remember the story of Achan. And if I, if I give you a quick version of that, the Israelites were losing battles because they were not doing things that were right. They were going into battle on this one particular battle, and God had said, don't you take anything. Nothing. I don't want you to bring anything back with you. Go in there and fight the battle. Well, they went in and fought, fought the battle, and they lost. Joshua was upset. And then God came on the scene and said, Joshua, I'll tell you what the problem is. There's sin in your camp. There's somebody who has done something that I ask them not to do. And until you get that straight, you'll not win any more battles. Isn't it just like our life today? We're going to do things that are wrong, but don't let things continue down that road. Get it straight. Because as long as we let sin in our life, and as long as we lie to the Holy Spirit, and as long as we try to deceive God, we will have trouble, trouble, trouble or ever walk of life. So to make that long story short, he commanded that the traps come, and then they narrowed them down, got down to a particular family, got down to a particular man, and of course they knew that it was the one who had had done the wrong thing, and that was Achan, and he told Achan to, what have you done with what you, what you took? He said, I hid it in my tent. He said, all right, we're going to get it. They went back, they got it, they brought it back, and even though he admitted that he had done wrong, he, he told Joshua everything that he had done, Yet Joshua said, you are going to be destroyed because of what you've done. And they took him and all of his family. They stoned him and then they burned them. God was not playing around. And just like this lesson here, God wasn't playing church either. He said, this is wrong and it's going to be dealt with. You remember the other story, and that of course is David. Of course, David committed adultery, then he committed murder, and David paid for that sin. But you remember how the Holy Spirit worked and how God worked? He revealed it to the prophet Nathan, even though it could have all been head. And Nathan confronted him on his sin. What did David do? He repented. He sought God's forgiveness, but the damage was done. And even though God forgave him, David paid the great penalty for sin. The child of Bathsheba died. David fasted over the child. He pleaded before God, but the child was dead. The lessons from the Achan, David and Bathsheba, Ananias and Sapphira, it's crystal clear. God knows everything that's going on in our life, and he also gives us the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us, and keep us in check. Keep us in check. You ever had someone come up to you and say, hey, how you doing? Are you staying out of trouble? 
<laughs> People will tell you, ask you that. Are you staying out of trouble? And I thought about that statement. You know what? If we'd let the Holy Spirit keep us in check many times, we would stay out of trouble. We would do the right thing. But a lot of people don't listen to the Holy Spirit. They, they don't, they lie to the Holy Spirit even. And so it's a very important thing. But we need to remember Galatians 6, 7. I believe I gave him that scripture there. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Don't be fooled when it comes to God. Don't think God's not hearing, God's not paying attention, God's not listening. Don't do that. Because whatsoever we sow, we may not see the benefits of it today. We may not see the results of it tomorrow, but eventually it's going to show up. Eventually the sin will be there to be revealed. Ecclesiastes 12.14 Ecclesiastes 12, 14. They'll put that up on the screen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. That's 13, 14, 12, 14. One more. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Isn't that a powerful verse? One we may not like too much. Oh, oh, we'd like to know about the good things we did. But we don't, we don't care nothing about the evil things that we did. We don't want to see that again. But these are things that will be revealed. God will bring it out. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 14 through 16. This is talking about Jesus and shows you how the Holy Spirit even worked with Jesus. The Pharisees went out and held a council against him. How they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and a great multitude followed him, and he healed them all. You'll find here that in these particular verses, they charged them that they should not make it known. These are scriptures that help us realize even Jesus was made aware of what was going on down the road in front of him. And we need to realize we don't know what tomorrow holds, but the Holy Spirit in God does know and can help us in that direction. One more verse, Romans 2.16. Paul wrote in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to his gospel. So we do not deceive God. We can only deceive ourselves. But the price of this deception was very high. We go back to our text in Acts chapter 5 and and verse number 5, Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon all them that heard them. Peter didn't even know what was going to take place with Ananias. He, wasn't, he didn't say, well, Ananias, guess what? You're getting ready to die. No. Peter didn't, he didn't know if that was going to happen. He was just telling them what, what the Holy Spirit had, had shown him, that they had kept back part of the price and not done what they were supposed to do. But then he, we see that Ananias hearing those words, he fell. He died on the spot. So 
the punishment of Ananias, it seems severe, don't it? But we can be sure that it was just and that it was necessary to uphold the honor of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we, we talk about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't know the importance of the third person of the Trinity is just as important as God the Father and God the Son. It was a great disrespect that Ananias had shown to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles. And for them to be able to see through that and realize by the power of the Spirit that they had tried to deceive him. His example to the people showed how dangerous it was. I guarantee you nobody decided not to deceive the Holy Spirit after that. So, the Bible says in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit, resist. And I'm afraid that a lot of us got that backwards today. We submit to the devil and we resist to God. That's exactly what they did. The devil, the devil filled, Satan had filled their heart. They submitted to him. They resisted to the Holy Spirit. And look at the results. Don't get those things backwards. Submit yourselves to God and then resist the devil. So our time's running out, but verse number 10 of Acts chapter 5, we find that the same thing happened to Safari, didn't it? So we find that in verse number 10, can you get that on there real quick so they can see that? Acts chapter 5, verse number 10. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost, and the young men came in and found her dead and carried her forth and buried her by her husband. Did Safari have an opportunity to change her mind about what her and Ananias agreed upon? Yeah. She had an opportunity when she was questioned about the land, which Ananias wasn't questioned about it, but she was. And she could have, you say, well, if I'd have known, she'd have known what happened to her husband. That, that's not the thing. Still, the Holy Ghost had told her something to do right too. And she could have said, you know what? Me and my husband talked about this, but I've decided I'm not going to do that. But being unaware of that, she repeated the deceit and they, she fell down and died and they took her out as well. The deaths of Ananias and Sapphira, they stunned that congregation. And I'm sure that story was told over and over again to many other people. But the picture is clear. There's no time to play and pretend games with God in this day and time we live in. God didn't let the early church get by with it, and he's not going to let us get by with it. Those that boast of doing good works that they never did are lying to the Holy Spirit. Don't ever say, well, I did so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so for that church. Did you? Did you do all of that? If you didn't do some of that, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. Those who make the good works more than what they really are. Be not deceived, God's not marked. 
So don't cheat God. Don't fool around on God. Remember, the Bible says worship in spirit and in truth. That's what we are to do in this day and time. Let's be honest in our dealings with God. Let's be honest in our dealings with one another. Let's not try to hide anything from God or anyone else. But if we sin, be quick to listen to the Holy Spirit and then ask God for forgiveness. And God will help us deal with that and forgive us of that sin. Listen to the Holy Spirit of God that's on the inside. Listen to what he's saying about his word and do what God's word says. And that will help us live a great Christian life. We are not here to be pat on the back. We're not here to have our names in lights. We're not here to, so that people can remember us. But we're here so that they can see God through us and what we've been able to do for Him. Do the things that we should do because we love God with all of our heart. Isn't that one of the great commandments? Love the Lord with all of your heart and mind. So everything and we'll do the right things. Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.